Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Town Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, Mike Loxley, University of Maryland uh, Terrapins head coach, had some great things to say about recruiting um, over the course of the last few weeks. He mentioned the that Maryland just dumped a boatload of money into their facilities, much like Penn State has, and much like teams have all across the country. But now that is becoming very quickly irrelevant because it's not about what the facilities can do for you. It's who's going to pump me full of money to use those facilities when we talk about the college football landscape now. Yeah, that's for sure. And if you didn't hear the Mike Loxley quote, quote, here it is. Unfortunately, we moved in at a time when facilities have been de-emphasized and recruits mine because they get dressed in a trash can for $25,000. I mean, that is incendiary comments from Loxley, but it's indicative of the landscape that is college football recruiting and college any college recruiting at this point in time. Yeah, college recruiting has always been a cesspool. I, I don't like recruiting, and I understand that doesn't make sense because I cover Penn State and I cover college football, but man, it is so frustrating because it, it is a lot about the haves and the have-nots, but the on the back end of that you have all these adult men that like to think that they know stuff about recruiting about what kids are going through thinking that they're experts and thinking that this kid should go here for this reason when and then it forces kids to make the wrong decision down the road as a teacher i don't feel comfortable with that and as a coach it's unfortunate but at the end of the day i can't fix recruiting because recruiting is a disaster um so you just kind of got to live with it but and now it's going to be, hey, instead of, okay, well, the last building, they just put <laughs> trusted trusted namesake of the podcast, right? Um, is a gorgeous building. They have, We were in there for media interviews uh, last week. The team room is incredible. They've got all kinds of things going on for them. But now it's not about where you're going to be able to lift. It's, okay, who's going to pay me the most to lift, essentially? And I think that's going to be the dangerous aspect of the game. Um and I don't know that the recruiting world and the college football world is ready for that. Yeah. And before NIL, it's not like these kids weren't getting money. There were $100 handshakes left and right. Uh, Reggie Bush, man. I mean, Reggie Bush, LeBron with the Hummer. Um, I knew a recruit local to me, and uh, he was similar in my age. And my friends were telling friends at a different high school were telling me, like, Every college was coming in. He was coming back from these and they were visiting during school hours and he was coming back with like new shoes, 500 bucks in his pocket. So it's not like this is new to the landscape. That's probably what Loxley's pissed about is that like, you know, Maryland could compete on that level. Like, yeah, dude, we have petty cash everywhere. Like Under Armour's right down the street from Maryland. And even though their products are shit, uh, they can, we can at least like give some away. Um, sorry, subtle dig at Under Armour. They didn't deserve that, but now it's as yeah, out that the was o- pretty hard, Kevin. I Whoa. hate I hate Under Armour. That's a whole different. You're a Nike guy. I'm not even a Nike guy. Uh, what are you then? Uh dude, I've been wearing Brooks Brooks running shoes for uh, ten years. The last pair of Nikes I wore, I got a stress fracture in my legs, so uh, I don't wear Nike shoes anymore. Uh, but that's neither that's here fair. nor that's neither here nor there. But like, what does Maryland have? I mean, in terms crab of football, no crab kicks in football, Kevin. Yeah, but like, what do they have in terms of NIL? I mean, you're trying to compete with the oil money of Texas A&M, Alabama. I mean, it's such a legacy program. They have money out the ass. People are students are going there for football. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, really, what notable Penn State alumni are there, like who are dumping money into the program besides you know Terry Pagula, Pagula. but Maryland has Under Armour, and I really don't know any other notable Maryland alumni. So Maryland is clearly losing out on the NIL side of things. They were already on the back foot, and they're just even more on the back foot with this NIL catastrophe. So I I don't blame him for coming out against it. I hate NIL. I love NIL, but I hate the iteration of NIL that we're in. It's unregulated. It's a free-for-all, and kids the really are The idea itself is great. I love the idea. I've always thought that players should make money off of their name. Um, and and I even, even when I was in college, I studied sport management at Robert Morris to go Bobby Mo, right? Um, and one of those, one of the things I talked about in those classes is like, everybody should be played. Like my name is valuable to me, right? Like people shouldn't be making money off of my name. I should, I should be able to get a cut. So like if I was athletic enough or, or was talented enough to make money, I should be able to do that. If I want to have a basketball camp or a football camp or a baseball camp or whatever, I should be able to do that. And I think in it, you know, keeping food on the table for people, I think it, it means something. It, it matters now though. It, it has gotten too big, too fast. And it, and it's creating now a different type of arms race and it's a dirty arms race even worse than than we've ever seen you know there are always going to be shady boosters and always going to be shady shady guys like that you see that at the u you see that all over the country but now it adds a different layer to that because you don't know where that money is coming from and that's a dangerous game so you're going to get your bag but at what cost and you know maryland they put all this money into these facility upgrades and then to have them kind of be null and void it cut. It, it sucks because you put all those time and all that resource, those resources in it. And that's why James Franklin, he's very poignant in what he says, and he's very direct by also being subtly not direct um, when he talks about NIL and why Penn State needs to improve. And he uses the the media as his microphone to say, "Hey, this is where we're lacking." And if you've noticed, James Franklin gets his way more often than not at Penn State. He is very, very smart and intelligent when it comes to those sorts of things. So he's very savvy. But it's just one of those situations where now, yeah, the facilities have got to be good too, but you've also got to be able to have that financial backbone outside of the program. But this is the NCAA's mess, and they're not going to be able to fix it overnight uh, because – and this is all our fault, right? We, we didn't want the NCAA to be involved because the NCAA touches something and it turns to shit. But now, okay, well, the NCAA needed to step in here and, and really be able to regulate this from the beginning – and they've just not been capable of doing that. But you talked about Under Armour money. In college baseball, College World Series is going on right now, and it is awesome. This is my favorite time of year when it comes to college sports. I mean, I love bowl season, but the College World Series in Omaha is absolutely phenomenal. Bat companies, DeMarini, Louisville Slugger, all kind of on their same brand, Nike gear, Rawlings, or whatever, they pay coaches directly for their teams to use their bats. Now that's going to be something to, to monitor looking forward. So you mentioned Under Armour. Well, now how long until Phil Knight is catching, to, um, handing out cash at Nike to certain athletes, right? Saquon probably could have got a Nike deal while he was in college. How long until that is the case? And I think that's kind of the next aspect of it. How long until the, the apparel companies are starting to put their name into these hats for NIL. And that's something to really to watch out for, I think, moving forward. 
Under Armour, I think, would be a factor there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops. I mean, just think about Zion Williamson in the in the times of NIL. If he had it, like that man would have been a Nike athlete at 16 when he's dunking on little kids, little eighth graders in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Like, it's not we're not far away from that. Like when you start getting a transcendent college football talent that the mat- national media is taking taking into consideration, like like a Caleb Williams, but I'm thinking more of like Johnny Manziel and Saquon. And um, I mean, Dijon Robinson launched his uh, Dijon mustard. Um, So, but that's, I mean, that's not a brand, but like, that's something that was starting to make national news. I think, I think when you start getting these really big mega stars, somebody breaks out as a freshman, like Manziel did, like Barkley did, that's where you're going to start seeing like two, three, Mm -hmm. $4 million deals coming down from, it's probably it's gonna have to come down from the apparel company that does sponsor the school. So, what Texas A&M's Adidas, or they were, I think, Penn State's Nike, and like if Nike wants to sign Barkley to a five million dollar deal, like they did as soon as he graduated college or declared for the NFL draft, I think that's like we're we're not far away from that from that happening to a kid after his freshman year, and it's gonna get slippery if you know he was just a freshman freshman superstar like take Christian Hackenberg for example, freshman superstar coaching changes and then it's all kind of downhill from there but if he had become a nike athlete nike's like holding the stuck holding the bag and if they're holding out a two three million dollar bag contract for a guy who's really not doing anything else in college it's or and probably won't do anything in the nfl like it's gonna be a risk they're gonna have to take but i don't they make so much money i mean they make those those shoes for twenty dollars in china and then they sell Mm -hmm. them for two hundred dollars here so yeah it's we're not far away from massive mega deals in college, and it's going to be interesting to see how these big apparel companies start taking it on. Yeah, and it's going to be a dangerous game. But for now, let's pivot and talk about some real football. We got Illinois coming to, to Happy Valley next, so we're going to preview them when we come back on the second segment of the Lashing Out podcast the Nitty Sports Now Network. Podcast and Indie Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, we talked about NIL in the first first segment. Now let's t- pivot to to Illinois and the Fighting Illini. Um, Brett Bielema has done some really good things since arriving in Champaign. They've got the Fighting Illini back on track and, and back to I think you know being a positive team and and the, the it's still going to be uphill climb for them but he's instilled a brand of Illinois football that we haven't quite seen in a long, long time, probably since Juice Williams and those guys were, were tearing it up in the, in the mid early two thousands. Yeah. And they were eighth in recruiting last year, bringing in a, in the big 10. So right there in the middle of the pack, but Illinois traditionally, at least over the last like five, 10 years, uh, they've been down at the bottom. Brett, Brett Bielma has them going in the right direction. Um, eight and five last year, five and four overall. I I think they're going to be pretty much in that same area this year. Um, they're losing. They lost their starting quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Uh, they lost. Let's see, two All Americans, one at cornerback, one at running back, Devin Witherspoon and Chase Brown. Their two star offensive linemen. They were all Big Ten. They're gone. And then they had two All Big Ten safeties as well. They're gone. So. 
some key components have left both on offense and on defense, but this is a team that led the big 10 in yards per game total yards per game passing. And they were second in the big 10 in yards per game allowed rushing. So this is a big team that could play physical defense. Um, their two inside defensive linemen, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph, along with their run, their linebacker, Tariq Barnes, the two de- defensive linemen, they had a combined 10 sacks last year. They're going to be run stuffers. They're going to be effective in the pass rush up the center, up the middle. And, you know, it's if they can get their cornerback and safety, safety positions figured out, man, this, this could be a formidable defense that Penn State's going to have to play early in the season. It's week three. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how Penn State handles this. I mean, you've the way that Penn State's schedule sets up is is unique because you get challenged week one by West Virginia in prime time. Then you've got Delaware. Then you're back in the big you're you're back in the Big Ten, right? You're you're starting conference play. It's not an easy, it's not an easy easy conference game, like one might think. But they present a unique set of challenges. And Bielema is a great coach. You know, he he might look different. He might he, he might have some weird quirks about him, but welcome to coaching. But for him, now I think the biggest thing is to go out and compete. And yeah, they've lost a lot. But now he's starting to have his thumbprint on that program a lot more in the guys that they're bringing in, the guys that are staying. And I think that's going to be huge for them moving forward. And when they're able to do that and play the brand of football that he wants to play, it's going to be an easy thing for them to do. And it's not going to make things any easier for their opponents in the Big Ten, especially Penn State. You know, the Delaware game is is, is a, should be a trap game, but it won't be because it's Delaware. But this Illinois game, they could look past them, and and it could be really something to to look and see, you know, how Penn State handles playing against them. Yeah, and this team isn't complacent either. You know, if they lose their starting quarterback, they're probably getting some inexperienced guy who's a freshman just out of high school. He's been there, but he's probably like a two or three star coming out of coming out of high school. Brent Bielma went out and got Luke Altmaier from Ole Miss. He was a four-star QB coming out of high school. He was a four-star transfer. He was, I think, the number 10th-ranked quarterback transfer in the class. And obviously, there were some good quarterbacks moving around uh, college football in the offseason. So this team could be poised. But if you put this after the Iowa game, which is who we'll be previewing next week, that'll be the Penn State's Week 4 matchup, or if you put it after Ohio State, or after Michigan, something like that, I can see this being a trap game. Penn State, it's week three. West Virginia is probably going to be a, a blowout win. Delaware, it's going to be a get-right game, and then you are going to be primed. It's going to be Fox Big Noon kickoff. There, There is going to be motivation there. It's 11 a.m. Central time when they'll have to play, so an hour earlier than what they're used to. But I just don't see it being a trap game. It has every makeup of being a trap game, except that they don't have a good opponent beforehand. So this is going to be the game that they have to get up for. You know, they, they're going to have to get up for West Virginia, but it's week one. Like you are up for week one. There's no doubt about it. You're not mailing it in. And then your first conference game on the road, you, you that's going to have your attention for sure. So uh, I don't see it. I could see it being close, but I don't see Penn State falling asleep at the wheel on this one. No, and I don't think they will either. The biggest thing for them is to get through that stretch of the schedule healthy. If they can just keep stacking games where they maintain their health and stay healthy, 
it's going to be a, it's going to be a solid start to the season for the Nittany Lions. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But again, they've just got to go out and take care of business. You've got West Virginia, you've got Delaware, and then you've got Illinois. Just go take care of business, and life will be good for the Nittany Lions. Because right after that, right after that game against Illinois, they're home and they're in prime time on CBS against Iowa, and that is the game to worry about. Maybe not offensively for Iowa because the Hawkeyes' offense is abysmal, but that's that's kind of what you got to worry about. Um, and it's the Hawkeyes away from Kinnick, and we'll talk more about them next week. But Illinois, the Fighting Illini, they pose a different challenge. It'll be interesting to see how Penn State handles it, but as long as they can come out of there healthy, life will be good for the Nittany Lions. But with that said, we're going to turn to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Network when we come back from this break. podcast and the sports now network i'm jared he's kevin kevin this is a little bit of a of a kind of get away from penn state football and talk about coaching as a whole so many times coaches and, and players uh, of stature make mistakes we see it in the nfl all the time now with all these guys losing money betting and and being against the rules pete rose did it in baseball but you have and you're you're put on this pedestal maybe unfairly but you, it's an inherent risk with with the position with with the stature that comes with being a coach and high profile coach at west virginia bob huggins resigned he didn't it, he was about on strike 75 right um with what's what's going on at west virginia had the slur uh the anti-gay slur previously then goes out and gets a dui maybe taylor swift got to him a little bit too much this weekend uh had a can had a bag full of um cans of beer in his in his car hey he's uh, just passionate about recycling or twitter and said that he was an avid recycling yeah okay spare me that bullshit right um and and i apologize for my language I, listen i i have a dui i got a dui when i was younger um we all make mistakes we all have our vices we all have our, our different ways to cope um with certain things and and listen who doesn't like some people like cold beer you know and it's refreshing and and sometimes you you earn it after a hard day at work but when you're a college coach and when you're a college football player or a coach of, of any stature, even at the youth level, all the way up, you have a position of power. You have to do the right thing. And you always have to do the right thing. Now, if he wants to drink at a restaurant and, and whatever, that's great. Cool. At home, not a big deal. But don't put yourself in the other lives of, of the, in the lives of other people in danger because of your stupid mistakes. And yeah. Bob Huggins is another story of a coach that doesn't get to leave on his own terms. As a coach, you want to control everything. And you want to control the, your your ego. You want to control your story. That's another coach that didn't get that opportunity because he couldn't get out of his own way. And and under and listen, you are your own worst enemy. I, I forget it. I think I want to say that was a Blink-182 song, but I could be wrong. Um. I forget who sang that oh, when, we were, when we were younger. Lit. But you want to get out of your own way. Huh? Lit lit saying uh, my own worst enemy. Not Blake Wayne. Right. I'm sorry. Um okay. but at the same time, you have to be able to control your story. For Bob Huggins to do what he did, 
everybody there are, there are millions of people that do that on a given night or, or let alone a weekend but you just got to put yourself in better positions you know we you look at Penn State Joe Paterno won 409 games was going to retire did not get to control his own destiny right the actions of another person limited that Bob Huggins the actions of um or I guess the inaction of Joe Paterno however way you want to look at it prevented that Bob Huggins, he was the one that did that. And that's my issue with it. He put himself in jeopardy and put those other people around him in jeopardy. And that is, I think, a tough pill to swallow for everybody. You can say that he didn't deserve to resign, whatever, could have retired. When you put yourself in that position, you don't deserve that luxury of, of I made a mistake. You did that. You're already not the nice as it is. You got it. it. It was time. And if you can't get out of your own way, then the university, Western University needs to step in and do something. And he took it out of their hands uh, and good for them. But at the same time, now West Virginia basketball turns to uh, what will be a new coach. And, and, and now this has got to be a lesson learned for every coach, player, whatever. You, are in, you need to control your own destiny and you need to put yourself in positions to succeed Regardless of whether you're on the court, off the court, on the field, off the field, wherever you may be, you've got to be smart and put yourself in a position where you're not going to cause anybody danger or not control your your destiny. Yeah, and I don't feel the least bit of sympathy for Bob Huggins. You do it once, shame on you. You know, make better life choices. Uh he got his first DUI in two thousand four, and that's how he left Cincinnati. Um, he was also forced to resign from that program as well. So the fact that we're 19 years apart, it tells you he didn't learn from his first mistake. Um, obviously drinking and driving has ramped up in uh, public perception, negative public perception and likely so, uh, rightfully so. Um, but man, it, it spare me with the bullshit of he's just an avid recycler and that's why he's got a bag full of beer cans in his car. Uh, clearly this guy just drinks and drives all the time. Second time he's gotten caught. They said like his vehicle was disabled in the middle of the road, like blocking traffic, probably because he was so inconherent that he didn't know where the hell he was. And they were trying to get him out of the way. And it's just like, oh, what's all that? What's all that over there? It's, you know, you just got an empty 12 pack sitting in the, sitting in the passenger seat. Uh, I don't feel the least bit sorry for him. Honestly, that's another human that doesn't need to be in a position of power. Um, Good for Mike Rhodes, though. He moves into the top 15 highest-paid college coaches with the resignation of uh, Huggins. So, been a rough couple of months for for Huggy Bear. Uh, it's you know he had the anti-gay slurs you mentioned on the radio uh, a couple of months ago, and that I think he ended up getting suspended for that for first couple of games and reduced his salary by a million dollars. Yeah. And then now he has now he's forced to resign because of other uh, stupid choices that he's made. So. Um, Interesting for Penn State basketball because they just filled out their uh, scholarships, so there could have been an exodus coming out of uh, West Virginia. They got some good players over there, so maybe Penn State could have uh, retroactively missed out on an opportunity, but the transfer portal's closed, so no one would have been able to transfer um, without having to sit out a year unless they could have gotten waivers from the NCAA, which I would imagine a, a forced resignation of a coach probably would be grounds to be qualified for a uh, waiver letter. Um, sorry if you just heard my dog growling at me. It's dinner time. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's bad to see a legend go a legend in college basketball coaching go down that way, but kind of was his own demise. So see you later, Huggy. Uh, and that's a that's a very good point, right? But at the end of the day, you control your own destiny, and he unfortunately controlled it right into the ground. But that's enough for this week. We'll talk to you guys again next week on the Lashing Out Podcast. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar on the Nikki Sports Down Network. <laughs>